Welcome, Mr. Tommy Milner, to Radical Strategies. Um, so the subject today is sim racing, although we might get sidetracked talking about other things, but we'll see. So um, yeah, we're welcoming Tommy Milner. Hello, Tommy Milner. Hey, Rod. How are you? And um, yeah, we have an interesting timeline together, don't we? There was something to do with sim racing. Actually, that's how we met was through sim racing uh, online scene. How many times have you won uh, big endurance races? Uh, what, are, what are some of the big results that you've had? Yeah, so uh, I won Le Mans in, in 2011 with Corvette Racing my first year. Um, and then I won oh, right, again right. with Corvette in 2015. Um, those are two real kind of highlight, obviously big, just to yeah. go to Le Mans is, is a pretty special thing. And to win there with a team like Corvette racing, especially is very cool. Um, I've won Daytona 24 hour with them. I've won Sebring 12 hour with them twice, twice now, maybe three, two, I think, um, uh, won Dubai 24 hour in 2011 as well. Um, so 2011 was a pretty, pretty big, pretty big year for my yeah. career with some yeah. pretty big highlight wins there. Um, and then Amazing. also, also won the LMS and the IMS championship, uh, twice now in 2012 and 2016. Well, let's review one, the role of simulation, um, in your career, um, as you've gone on and how that, that role has been part of, uh, development, especially of chassis, et cetera. Why don't you just talk us through, um, as you've gone through with your career, your professional career from the beginning, how, um, how you view simulation? Yeah, I mean, I, my dad has said from the very beginning that my two or three years racing Sims before I really ever, ever got into a race car, that that had a huge impact on my initial sort of steps in go-karts and, 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 and real mm. race cars, because with the Sims and especially the ones that at that point, um, with sports car GT with, with a tire model that was somewhat realistic. Um, it gave me the opportunity to explore what it's like to drive the car at the limit and what it, what it takes to catch the car and allowing it to slot. So it sort of gives you an opportunity to essentially crash a race car a couple of times without any real, you know, penalty mm -hmm. essentially. And then from there, you understand, you, you, you know, once you've made those big mistakes and you can start kind of working your way back towards really fine tuning, um, what it's like to drive a car at the limit all the time and, and getting the most sort of out of it. So that's obviously a very compressed view of it, but you know, my, my, obviously as a kid, I grew up around the race cars and the racetrack, but I didn't, with my dad being a team manager, engineer, you know, mechanic kind of, kind of person, I connected more with that, that aspect of the racing world. In that mm -hmm. sense, I was more interested in, you know, what it took to build a race car and, and watching that process. Cause that's what I saw. Um, that's what I, you know, talking to my dad about those things. That's, that's, that was racing for me was, was working on it at the shop was taking it to the racetrack. So the Sims for me was, was my ability to explore what it's like to actually drive the race cars. Um, mm -hmm. and then enjoying it, obviously at 12 or 13, having fun with, 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 with the Sims. Um, and then as my go-karting and real life racing, uh, 
sort of career started to build, I already had a little bit of a background with, with the Sims and I continued to blend at that point, then the real life experiences that I was getting from racing go-karts and cars, um, back into, into the sim world again, and, and sort of playing off each other in some ways of, you know, learning something in real life that then translates to the sim world of, you know, how to, how to drive a car properly. Uh, cause there's definitely, of course, there's, when you drive a race car in real life, there's, there's <laughs> the, 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 the danger factor in, you know, the, the, the seat of the pants field that you don't really get in Sims that mm-hmm. you can then kind of translate back to the Sim world. So throughout my entire racing career, I've continued to play Sim racing games to help develop some Sim racing games. Um, and like anything, the more experience you have with the real life world, you know, you learn, you learn lots about what it takes to make a race car go fast, of course, in real life, but doing that in parallel with the sim racing stuff, I've been able to, to sort of grow up with the sim, with the sims as, they, as they've grown up and what it mm. takes to, to make a, a, you know, a simulator today, realistic. I've been a part of that process. And I've also sort of taken taken lessons from real life and trying to apply those to uh, getting the most out of out of Sims, whether it's again helping develop them a little bit, or it's just setup work, or um, you know understanding understanding what what it takes sometimes to go fast in real life, and then almost you know finding those you know people people talk about people being aliens and in sim in the sim racing world where these mm-hmm. these guys have time have time to figure out the nuances of these sims to you know find little tricks here and there and you know it's the same the same things that i use in real life the same things that i would use in, in sim racing um not everything is a total one-to-one mirror of what ha- you know what happens in real life isn't it's not always exactly the same in, in the sims but Mm-hmm. You can take lessons from real life to apply them to the Sims. So um, I think in, in many ways, my experience with Sims and, and my age, you know, I'm 35 years old now. So I've, I'm not a you know, 20 year old kid who's been playing really sort of buttoned down Sims for, for many years. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's my only experience, so to speak. Um, I've sort of grown with the Sims as, as, te- as the technology has, improved with those and i've also sort of grown in the world of you know race cars of as those i've I've done those in tandem which i think is probably a fairly unique unique thing these days can you also give us an overview as to how simulation is used um with the car development by the racing teams yeah so again i think to kind of go back on my just my, my last point there i think my experience is somewhat unique because while i've helped with the consumer side of the sim things i've also helped now uh corvette racing with their professional uh whatever it is 10 million dollar um simulator that they have in charlotte which is common in formula one and and you know sports car racing now it's it's becoming much more Mm -hmm. common um having the experience that i had with the consumer side of the sim racing stuff now having that experience and taking that and trying to help improve and and sort of get the the professional sim sort of up to speed in some way of course 
the engineers that are working on that have lots of experience with just in general modeling and you know with with car modeling of understanding simulation stuff that's not as so that they call it driver in the loop so for, for many many years now engineers from formula one sports car racing have used simulation programs that exist in just the computer there's no there's no graphical mm. part of it and there's no control part of it you just let the computer mm. run circled around a racetrack and it tells you things like what the gear ratio should be and downforce levels and 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 gives you a base setup mm. and over the years they've they've included this dil or driver in the loop aspect of it which is uh, become these more professional um, sims it takes an immense amount of computer power to make those work i think the ones that we use now something like six or seven computers from the graphical side to the to, to the, the modeling side of the, and the oh, fire wow. model stuff uh to make that all uh work as well as it possibly can basically um so i've seen all aspects of of the sim racing world i've seen it from the consumer side from grand prix legends um you know from, you know many many years ago sports car gt and obviously now you know things have moved into i racing and 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 sims like that a set of corsa um games that are now quite quite realistic um mm -hmm. and then also also seeing it from the side of the professional world uh you know true kind of real life racing the simulators that you, that they use and um of course there is definitely a difference but that line between being a you know professional bespoke tire model and car model and and simulator and the consumer world that line is slowly blurring but let's now look at um more trends and see what kind of insights that we can have and also just review your experience of the sim racing world we'll just set aside like the professional car yep. setup side um and more look at what happened in the more esports uh sim racing universe why don't you talk us through what what you saw happening from your perception as the pandemic came in suddenly this big uh spotlight came down in the sim racing world and it was pretty interesting to watch that unfold it was um as you said and as everybody's understands now that obviously the, the the lockdown and the pandemic had you know pretty big impact on everybody's life in, in many different ways and i think sim racing was probably one of the most positively affected uh industries by by, by that pandemic because mm. um while a lot of the real life racing had had taken a pause for a bit to uh sort of understand what's happening with with the pandemic uh sim racing was actually well positioned to to take a lot of the eyeballs that were looking for some sort of racing and and you know put it on put it onto them and uh i think the the sim racing world in general was lucky that you know there's been such a a push for many many years now to improve the multiplayer experience improve the driving experience improve the viewer experience um there already was uh, a world of esports for sim racing there already you know there's broadcasts that was you know stream broadcast consistently there was already a framework for accepting this sudden 
pushed into the spotlight that sim racing had last mm. year uh and fortunately for many different you know platforms um different racing games um you know different groups uh different leagues things like that they were all all, all the processes were, were already in place and ready for kind of that mm. next step in many ways um yeah and we saw obviously you know, live broadcasts on network television of, of, uh, NASCAR races. And, um, you know, last year as well. And when, when the mall was, was delayed, there was a pretty, pretty large, uh, 24 hours of the mall, um, race that was broadcast and, you know, with many f- former and current formula one drivers that were a part of that and sports car drivers and, you know, some of the best sim racers in the world. So did you participate in that? I did. I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you should. Why don't you just talk us through that experience, the preparation, the creation of the team? Like, let's go through yeah. detail how you went because yeah. that that event itself, the Le Mans twenty four hours of uh, the virtual law, the Le Mans twenty four hours last year, was a big moment with a huge number of participants um, that had a lot of uh, spectators watching, but it also caught up the the motorsports industry. Um, at the time. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably the best for me. It was an eye opener to see, to understand, because again, throughout my entire racing career, I've been sim racing a little bit off and on basically. And I've always had the latest game and played the late, latest stuff and been into it, but not as serious as many, many people do in sim racing. So, um, when that, when that sort of request came down from, from the team that they wanted, uh, they wanted, well, to be a part of that race that, that half of your driver lineup basically had to be professional drivers and the other, other half had to be sim racers. Mm, uh, okay. So, uh, for us, it was, it was myself, uh, Jordan Taylor, Nikki Katzberg and Jan Magnuson. Um, so it was the four of us, but split between two cars. And then we had each car had two, two professional sim drivers in it. And where did you get them from? The who are the the sim drivers that you're working with, and what did you work with a team and esports yep. team or so that so that 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 was sort of split between two different sim racing teams. Mm. Um, one was uh, so Dennis Lind is a, he actually races uh, in real life. He races for Lamborghini in in, in Europe um, and a lot of GT3 stuff. He is the nephew. I, I'm I think that's right of Bjorn, um, but he's also mm. big into sim racing as well. Um, so he has a, his own team and I forget the name of it now. I think it's singularity. Um, so he had some of his team basically was, was sort of on our car. So it was myself and Jan, it was Dennis mm. and another sim racer, guy named Alan, uh, Terzic. Um, so it was the four of us. Uh, but we also obviously, of course, work with our teammates as well. And that was mm. the, the two sim racers on that was from, uh, uh, BS competition. So. So uh, how think, long in advance, uh, how far before the race are we that this, this grouping was put together? I, I think the real sort of serious practice started probably almost a month out from the race. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that those teams uh, and the sort of well-established teams in, in the sim racing world, um, th- their processes for how they go about preparing for races is not far off of the same processes that we'd use in real life. And mm. I'm sure it's no, it's 
it's not surprising now in some ways, but for me at the time, it was a little bit surprising just because, you know, my experience with sim racing and league racing in some ways was, you know, very individual driven. You have, you know, a guy who wants to go racing, you find a buddy who wants to race with you and you just kind of race together and it's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, of course, this, this virtual Lamar race, uh, sort of is going to, uh, sort of require you to be a bit more professional for sure. But you could tell that the process that processes that these teams brought in is of course driven from the processes that we use in real life. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, having, ha- having somebody sort of test drivers in some way, all these teams have guys that, you know, maybe don't race in some of the big races, but they're guys that are quick and sim racing. They understand how the cars work and they'll have guys that just do lots of testing. Um, mm. you know, so, so for us, for this race, you know, we, there was some structure from the team, but it was fairly hands-off in some ways. These teams, the BS competition and the singularity guys sort of, it was those two teams that were driving the testing, driving the the driver plans okay. for the race. Um, and there's so many nuances to each of these different different platforms whether it's iRacing or R Factor 2 or or a set of Corsa um that uh, like for, for instance that the, the driver change process in R Factor 2 is quite complicated so it's something that we spent a lot of time actually in in practice practicing mm-hmm. our driver changes to make sure that we mm-hmm. did it properly so that there wasn't an error in the game and you know what somebody mm-hmm. couldn't drive anymore um but so, so you have you that part of it for me was quite surprising how professional uh, those guys are and, and, and how they approach, you know, approach these kinds of races, but it's, it still has the very traditional sim racing feel of, you know, you, you and your computer and you, and your, the car, your, your sim car that you're racing, you know, and you're doing yeah. hundreds of laps. So, um, were you driving a Corvette? Yep. So, so in, yeah. in our factor two, so it was, it was, it was structured similar to it, to it would be in real life. There was LMP two cars uh, mm. and there was GT cars. And, um, so from, you know, we, we had a, a driver plan just like we would have in real life. We had mm. basically an engineer that was with us on our, on our communications that would uh, relay us information based on lap times would relay, would relay us information on fuel, fuel usage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once the race started fundamentally, um, you have way less people, of course, that are there to sort of help and interact with you, but you still have engineers, you still have your other drivers, um, who almost have to act as your crew chief and your engineers sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, what's kind of interesting about sim racing is you do have to be your own mechanic, your own engineer, your own crew chief, your own driver, your own strategist. You have to do all those things typically in a sim race. Um, so, you know, from that, from that point of view, it was just like it would be in real life. You know, I'm, I, I, I had a two, 2 AM to three forty-five stint in the middle of the night for me. Um, so I was up, you know, I tried to, I tried to sleep a little bit beforehand, but I couldn't <laughs> cause I was, I yeah. still had those same sort of nerves and some yeah. way, the sort of excitement of, of getting in the race car. Um, and you're alone at, you're alone at home. At the same and time, I'm, yeah, I'm at home and it was to me kind of weird. <laughs> it, it was, it was weird because yeah. there were so many parallels there of, yeah, you know, not wanting to fall asleep and not be too tired and afraid that I'm not going to wake up. Um, yeah, 
And, you know, that just, uh, it's still, it's a competitive sport. It's a, it's a thing where you're competing against somebody else. And for many of us that, you know, whether you're doing it in real life or you're doing it in sim racing, you get, you know, people mm. are sometimes just naturally competitive and those competitive juices get flowing and you want to, and you want to compete. Um, it's still, you know, that, that for me was a, was a pretty big eye opener to, to understanding how, how big sim racing can be, you know, and, mm -hmm. and oftentimes is, you know, currently, uh, you have, uh, a race that is essentially just like real life with real life drivers and personalities, um, competing against what, you know, each other and behind the scenes, you, you actually have a group of people, a, you know, a, group of, a team that is, it's not just one driver almost always these days in these big high profile events, there's a group of people behind that one person who helps make, you know, their, their performance possible. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so sim racing, you know, while it's still there is very much an individual thing, it's starting to become, you know, a t in, in many ways, sort of a team aspect to it. You have a group of people that help you, you know, you, you might be one of these aliens, so to speak, that, can get the last couple tents out of a out of a car that somebody else can't but that other person might be really really good at setting up the car and finding little tricks here and there and you know mm. offering that advice then to that other guy who can kind of really make the most of it um so how did the rest of the year uh, go for you either personally racing or other observations um yeah, yeah, what I was mean, happening in your world so from, from my perspective, that, that, that opportunity to, to, to race in that race kind of opened my eyes to this, you know, what it's like to have a, a sim racing team in many ways. Mm. Um, you know, I, as <laughs> I spent a lot of time on my simulator while we were off from March until July. Um, so really kind of reignited the passion that I had for sim racing and, and really mm. kind of competing against other people. Um, I think I saw you in there a little bit yeah. racing. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I wouldn't say we we're competing, but <laughs> you come flying, flying past me occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so as the racing, racing season kicked up again, you know, some of the, the sim racing has subsided a little bit for me, but it really sort of inspired me to, to get more involved, um, in the sim racing world in, in many ways. So, uh, a friend of mine that I've known for a long time, um, actually works for, for EA sports now. Um, he, he's into, he's been into racing his, most of his life and, and, and mm -hmm. really in, likes cars and stuff like that. And kind of got his own sim rig kind of separate from, it wasn't me sort of pushing him on. He, he had asked me for some advice, but, um, he had then said one day, he said, Hey, you know, if, if you, if you can, and I'd love to love if you drove for my sim racing team that I have for, you know, some special event kind of thing. And I said, I told him his name's Ty Stover. I told him, I said, I'd, I'd love to, you know, do that, but I'd also kind of mm. really want to be more involved and just drive for you in some way. So mm. we've sort of worked out a deal for me to be co-owner in, in his sim racing team. And, um, oh, wow. so we, we have, I, I I'm now co-owner of a of sim racing team, uh, team hype, um, which, you know, I, I understand the racing side of it. Ty understands the business side of it much much better mm -hmm. than i do so he's found sponsors for the team and you know attractively or actively going out to, to 
look for some of these you know drivers that uh, that are becoming you know a bigger part of of our team as as things grow here. So the last thing I I just want to look at if we're if we're looking through sim racing motorsports from the this career development perspective, do you think sim racing can replace this traditional go karting route into having a professional career where you don't touch carts and there's a whole other way to get into that or do you think carting is is a must um i could see slash, I could, slash uh, rich parents yeah i i could see not needing as much go-karting or not needing as as sort of as competitive let's say sort of a, a go-kart environment basically um mm-hmm. I, I could certainly see see a time where, uh, you know, a, a, a kid basically has almost no go kart experience, almost no real life car experience, mm-hmm. um, sort of showing up and, and racing in a a junior formula in some way and being being competitive. Um, so the the problem with that, of course, is is I don't think that you're ever going to see a time where somebody who has proven themselves to be very competitive, very fast, you know, consistent, all the things that you'd want in a real life racing driver. I don't think you'd ever, it'd be hard to see a world where you just pick a kid off the computer and you put them in a, in a real life car and sign them, you know, pay him, give him a contract to go race for your, for your Indy lights team or your sports car team. And mm-hmm. just expect that, the, the that translates from the sim world right into the race car and off we go on a season and we're going to win a championship with them i think yeah. i think you certainly have to have some some real life real world experience before you can demand or expect some sort of you know a paying paying job or even fundamentally probably a free a free ride which uh would already be pretty pretty rare as it is so um mm-hmm there's there's you know something different about being there in the race car of course the the real life risk that that goes into it um uh, that that aspect of it you have to you have to do it to understand if this is for you if you can can perform in those situations if everything that you've learned you know sitting in the comfort of your own home basically if that translates to being in an environment where you're you know it's hot, it's humid, it's freezing cold, you know, the pressures of, of working with other people and sort of hovering over you, you mm-hmm. know, those things you have to experience in real life to understand if, if there is a future for that person in that way. So where I think sim racing has a, has real value is shortening that, that practice period, that, that, that time spent spending lots of money, whether it's, if you can find a sponsor that's interested in sort of investing in you in some way, or it's your parents, if you're lucky that way, or even if your parents don't have funds of money, if they've, you know, mortgaged their home to, to really kind of push you over the edge to, to, to get you that, that one ride in the, you know, uh, F2000 series or, or, or whatever to go, to go racing for a season. Um, I think that it does open up the accessibility in that sense that it it mm. someone who who is fast in, in in the sim racing world, I would say as time goes on and and we're probably at a point now where enough people are doing it that 
the really, really fast ones probably are going to be pretty darn good in, in, in real life. Um, it's just sort of weeding out the ones that, you know, that really aren't yeah. fast basically in Sims is probably not worth doing it in real life. But yeah, I'm sure that I'm it, sure there are examples of kids who are for whatever reason, just not as good in the sim and they're actually quite, quite quick in real life. And hmm. at that point you would imagine that that person had, has probably already found a way into a, a real life ride in some way and has been able to prove themselves as being fast in real life. I suppose a lot of this is about creating opportunity, developing one's personal brand and, um, and having a, a platform or audience. So if, if one is, a a world champion esports sim racing driver and um one has a successful live streaming practice and uh and you've developed personality and and a team and all these things and is winning and you can imagine a, a more mature uh sim racing world where the prize money has, continues to increase and the one is if if you're a grand champion, you're making reasonable money, you could potentially invest that into yeah. uh, real life racing and then go from there. Yeah. Um, but you, you would probably have to find a level of international success on your own or one of these talent competition shows. Yeah. Your world's fastest gamer and this type of thing, um, GT Academy, and win one of those. And then there's potentials that, that come from that. But th there's certainly different types of opportunities out there and the space continues to evolve the one yeah, just has it, to go for it yeah and and i think i hope that that the the real life aspect of it continues to integrate well with the sim racing side so i mm -hmm. you know i i think seeing that the real life drivers drive with the best sim racers seeing that interaction is quite entertaining and i think it Actually, and I think it helps both both sides because the I think the real life drivers driving in the sim races give some legitimacy to how good that these sim racers are, and I think vice versa, yeah. the people that are interested in sim racing and interested in the sort of the entertainment aspect of that, seeing you know, giving them an opportunity to to sort of develop a, a sort of a like or a love for you know, a real, a real world driver who, you know, who does some sim racing as well, but also does it in real life. That There's the yeah. crossover there. I think that, that, you know, at the moment, I think the, the real life stuff integrating with, with the sim world, I think has more value for the sim, sim world, but I can mm -hmm. see the, the, the continued sort of um, trajectory of sim racing that there will be a time where there's, there's the, the, the transfer from, from the sim world that actually benefits the, the real life stuff. Yeah. And I, I think it's also a fabulous thing with sim racing that the, the barrier to entry is certainly lower than karting yep. considerably from a financial perspective. So would, that would give more opportunity uh, for those who are don't have the, the luck, I suppose, to have the affluent parents that are going to fund that type of thing and, and gives more opportunity as motorsports attempts to diversify itself yep. um hopefully sim racing is going to have a, a hand well i know it will i shouldn't say hopefully it, it definitely is a platform to increase diversity inside motorsports for 
yep. new drivers, young drivers, because seat time is just so important. And um, sim racing does get you that that seat time. It's a virtual seat time, but uh, one can at least get it. <laughs> yeah. Versus um, just sitting there dreaming. Well, let's um, let's finish up the the last question I have for you is really asking what your radical strategy is. What is your final insight for for those of us who are watching or trying to understand what the potential future is for sim, sim racing and um, and its relationship to uh, career development, motorsports, et cetera? What, what morsel of insight do you want to give us? What's your radical strategy of the day, Tommy Milner? Um, I, I mean, I think it's it's just how much value that the sim racing has for real life um you know one thing i meant i, I mentioned meant to mention before you know we with this with the corvette cr that, that we're that we're racing now the first time we ever drove that car was in our simulator um so the, the real uh the real race car is sort of in many ways derives from a sim version um mm. that we you know sort of <laughs> dreamed cool. up in some ways and and now it's it's the successful race car that it is so um you know to to that to that point there's 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 no reason why somebody who you know maybe isn't the fastest driver in the world in real life you have a sim racing guy who you know somebody who's really really good with with understanding sims and cars and things like that that you know maybe you're not the fastest guy in real life you're competent in real life um but there's there i can see a world where there's value and for these large real life professional racing teams to have a you know dedicated sim team who helps develop new parts for the, the for the real car um you know drivers who 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 again maybe don't race the re the real car in real life but they sort of have a have a hand in developing the, the real life race car um so it's it, sim racing for sure is not going away um it's definitely going to to get larger from here um you know more more eyes on it um i i think i think for sim racing needs to continue with presenting itself as if the whole world's watching at all times you know from the broadcast mm -hmm. from the from the behavior of the drivers on the racetrack um, the preparation side of it. Um, I think if sim racing continues to push the boundaries in that way, you, you know, start having real teams. And, and this is why I was interested in sort of helping sort of start and, and my own team in some ways, because I see, I see a future for sim racing being very similar and the structure of the teams and how, how races are run and, and the prize money and and the the um, the stature of of sim racing can continuing to improve. So, you know, sim racing really needs to continue to push down the path of a professional, uh, you know, a professional sport in many ways. It is entertainment. Racing has for a long, long time been an entertaining sport and a sport that has entertainment in mind. Um, I think sim racing needs to continue embracing that that aspect of of racing in, in general the cars need to be cool you know personalities fundamentally are are what keep people engaged uh you mm -hmm. know for people watching you know real life racing you see it with nascar 
you know, that there's, there's entire, there's brands and, and, and there's people that are, are tied to the hip, you know, because of who they are and, 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 you know, their success is important as well, but it's, you see, I mean, now we see it with, like you said, with YouTubers and live streamers and things like that. There's something unique about everybody. Um, I, I think sim racing needs to continue to embrace that, that aspect of, of what's making it popular now um, and continue to push itself down the road and, and be, and, and, and being a leader in some ways of, you know, how you present racing uh, if, if, even if it's just sim racing, but, you know, but find new ways to uh, you know, to go racing different, different styles of racing. If you, you know, we have different, you know, you have heat races and qualifying and things like that. I think sim racing would be a great way to try new, new types mm, of racing yeah. in some, in some sense. Yeah. Makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you, Mr. Tommy Milner.